0: I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgenehensler.com. That's d r g e n e at h e n s s l e r dot com. This broadcast, The Money Talks, originally aired Saturday, October 14th, 2017.
1: The excessive the excessive decline, decline in the dollar. In a lack of a better word.
0: Late rally on Wall Street. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. Welcome. Yeah.
2: This is Money Talks.
0: Good morning. Good morning. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with. K.C. Smith, and none other than Jarrett that's McKenzie.
1: Right. Glad to be back. I'm
0: not sure what you've done to yourself today, but you seem to
1: be... <laughs> well, K.C. was showing me some excited, motivational videos oh, before the, so the, you, the show here today. Right, so, we yeah, getting, I'm all, we were getting hyped yeah. up. I'm all pumped up.
0: Yeah? Yeah. All
1: right. Well, you Tony Robbins,
0: you're all jacked up, ready yeah, to go, that's have right. an awesome radio show. Is that what it is? <laughs> that's it.
1: That's yeah. right. All right. Let's do it. Why not? Yeah, what's going on this week? Well, uh,
0: what is going on? You know what? This is almost the perfect week for none other than Bill Laco. The market is up .02% wow. That I is about it. as close to flat as you can ever get. Unfortunately, last mm-hmm. week, Bill said the market was going to be down.
2: What? Oh, my. He said the, down. The... Uh, Last time I listened to the show. No, not last week. Maybe it was the week before. Wasn't it flat the week before? Almost.
0: Um, yeah, it was, it's
1: been, it's he's been a few
2: weeks. He's had a few weeks of the, the flat call being the right on. Uh, well, what, what does he close, say? It's a, never bro- exactly It's never exactly flat. Broken clock's always wrong t- or right, right, right twice, twice a day. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: well, true. I, the thing Boy, is.
2: Squirrels finding nuts and all kinds of craziness <laughs> going on. It's just
0: so <laughs> odd that you have what we call in research the unch day. Anytime the it's ooch. Yeah, the unch. Unchanged. Ah, Unch. Lunch. I thought it was you guys funny. Are so it's a, it's, a, it's you. a Jacob thing. We'll blame it on Jacob since he's yeah. not here to defend himself. I thought yep. you
2: said lunch, I was getting pretty hungry. <laughs> oh no,
0: we we have lunch every day, <laughs> but it's very rare to see the market unchanged even a single day, let alone for a whole week. It's uh, it's uh, not likely. Um, so who led the week this week? Utilities. That's kind of an uh, odd uh, bunch to be leading the way. Telecoms on the other end losing almost six percent this week. Uh, utilities were up right at 2%. Real estate up 1.32%. Uh, IT, not to be outdone by anyone, anytime, 1.2% higher. Uh, consumer discretionaries on the far end of the, uh, the, the group, down 0.82%. Uh, so where does that leave us for the year? S&P 500 up 14%. This is uh, not counting dividend. With dividend, we're almost 16%. Uh, it's like fifteen ninety five, something like that, which is uh, substantially better even than last year. Already, we wound up last year up uh, eleven eleven ninety five, twelve, yeah, yeah, just short Where of twelve. Where were we at this
2: time last year? It was probably because we had the the election rally that really helped. Uh,
0: right, so we finished eleven ninety five higher. The election rally actually fueled four point nine five percent in uh, in gains for the end of the year. Sure. If you measure from November seventh to the end of the year. Twelve thirty one of sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're we're far outstripping what we saw last year. So um,
1: was that kind of expected, or is that would uh, you say no, more I, unexpected?
0: It was, yeah, it was it was unexpected. In fact, uh, the the performance we've seen in the market lately, uh, because of the the hope that we'll see uh, regulatory changes, lowered taxes, those sorts of things um it has has been better than I would have ever projected I think last year I was calling for about eight and a half to nine and a half percent in return um we probably were on track for that and then uh uh you know the the difference in uh, poll, uh the the poll the difference of the polls relative to what actually happened in the election actually
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh drove the market much higher uh and it's been kind of on a tear yeah. all year this year it, it has. Slow weeks, as Casey pointed out. This is a couple that we've talked about where it was
1: relatively flat. But um, well, you don't think some of this increase is, is speculative, do you? I mean, I, it seems that with all the headwinds in Washington, which I know. Actually, I was reading the other day, Trump's gotten a lot more done than I thought. It's some of these bigger things like the tax reform and health care right. and all that stuff that have really gotten more of the pushback. But it just seems with a lot of the frustrations in Washington and, and you know, some of the, the inaction from the Fed, which I know they've indicated that they're going to be taking some action soon. But it just seems kind of odd that it's gotten, you know, it's grown as much as it has this year uh, with very little other than, you know, earnings have been good from what I understand from you guys and, and yeah. just our talks. They but have. You know, and that's what I keep leaning on and talking with clients about it, is that, you know, these things still look good. It doesn't look like it did pre-crisis era, where there's all this leverage and, and unhealthy balance sheets. I mean, we're still seeing a lot of help out of the companies. Is that right?
0: That is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, you know, one of the trends we've watched in uh, corporate earnings is uh, the fact that it seems like everybody is buying back their own shares of stock this year. Um, not exactly the, the best way that I'd like to see companies grow. I'd really like to see them take a little more risk and, uh Uh, you know, invest in innovation and and, uh, projects that would help them
1: uh, provide real earnings growth instead
0: of uh, kind of an engineering uh, aspect where they just buy back more shares and then the per-share earnings actually are easier to hit next time. Uh, That's going to be
2: somewhat uh, of a good sign, though, if the companies think that their shares are undervalued Mm -hmm. even at current prices, right? I mean, you right. Right. you would think they wouldn't be buying back if they thought they were right. uh, at a premium.
0: Yeah, we've seen history tell us a little bit different, but you're right. I mean, that's the the basis at behind it. At least in the company's mind. Products. That may not be right.
2: right but. Yeah, right. that's yeah. the basis behind it. Right.
0: No doubt. Um, and uh, talk about earnings. Uh, earnings season is barely off to a – barely kicked off. I think we're a little better than 5% into earnings season. Uh, 28 companies of the five of the S&P 500 have uh, announced, and you know the surprise so far: sales surprise uh, positive 1.34%, uh, earnings surprise almost six percent, 5.94%, sales growth almost eight percent, 7.9, and uh, earnings earnings growth is uh, 17.88. Now, if that lasts through the third quarter, that would be awesome. We mm-hmm. had the uh, first quarter earnings growth at 15.5. Uh, Um, Second quarter, 9.6%. Follow it on with 15% would be awesome. It's way too early to say if that's actually sustainable or if that's actually what happened. Um, So you think those
1: stats are really what's causing a lot of this growth? I mean, because aside from the macroeconomic factors, I guess is what I'm getting at, is that a lot of times there is more macroeconomic issues that is driving that. But it seems to be really... Uh, rooted in, in these healthy earnings. You think that's what's gotten us to this 16%?
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think uh, there, there's still a, a fair portion of it that is that is uh, forecasting uh, change in regulation. Uh, I, I think, without a doubt, the, the first few months of this rally, uh, or this step of the rally, I guess you'll call it, say sure. from last November, uh, has been. Uh, based on the forecast of of uh, a more uh, reasonable regulatory environment I say reasonable how about uh, beneficial for companies sure. uh, but at this point you if if the market believed that that was done and not going to happen. I think that uh, we would have seen more selling.
2: Well, and I think that, that you have to believe that these earnings that have come out, these strong numbers, are at least creating some resiliency for the market. So right. even if it was sort of built on some, some sort of speculation that there was going to be a lot of reform, regulatory reform, healthcare reform, tax reform that hasn't happened yet, you know, normally you would expect that to cause the market to sell off, but maybe some of the earnings is support uh, for continuing to – Right, it's kind of offsetting that. Yeah, it's providing sort of a floor almost. uh, Yeah. I don't know. That's sensible.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. The stock market uh, and financial markets in general – uh, have so many aspects that it's hard to put your finger on one that might be driving you know, the direction or the, the magnitude of any change. But uh, when, when, you, uh, when you look at earnings, without a doubt, it has been beneficial to see what we've seen. Uh, I look at um, valuation quite a bit and, and often use the uh, price-to-earnings ratio as, as one of the best indicators I have seen over the last couple of weeks the P.E. uh, expand from 21.3. It's up around 21.8 now, so it's, what, almost 35% premium relative to the long-term average level for the price-to-earnings ratio. Uh, One thing that was striking was the fact that uh, mid-cap and small-cap stocks uh, have moved up in their premium from about 8 and 12, respectively, to approximately 22 to 25, something right in that range. So wow. uh, they've appreciated pretty significantly in the when last month and a half. You normally
2: expect to see the small and mid-cap companies outperform the large cap in, an, in a rising market, but we haven't really seen that as much in, no, in the past few years. It's been the large cap leading the way. Right, um, of, this year. Because of, you know, the, the low interest rate environment is forcing a lot of people to buy equities, take a little bit more mm-hmm. risk than they might otherwise do, and they're doing that in the form of large companies.
0: Yep. So yeah, so that's
2: why I guess you haven't seen yeah. the small and mid cap
0: perform
1: mm-hmm. quite as well. by sure. replacement right. for some fixed income positions, yeah. maybe, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's the interest rate environment that's definitely driving those dividend paying stocks higher. Uh, last year was awesome. Uh, we saw it up about 18 to 20 percent, something like that, in the uh, uh, equity income uh, space. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dow Jones Select Dividend Index uh, was up huge, and uh, mostly because of just as Casey said. Uh, we did get a few uh, indicators, um, economic indicators this week. A couple of them, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff is so distorted, I'm not going to go too deep into it. But the MBA mortgage applications, we look at that on a weekly basis, uh, decreased 2.1%. The refinance index was driving most of that so down 4.2%. Uh, interest rates more or less unchanged. The low end got a little higher in the high end a little bit lower, but it was only about one basis point or .01%. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's take a quick break, guys, and uh, we'll come back and talk about a dog of the week and Mm -hmm. maybe answer a few questions. Sounds good. You're listening to Money Talks. Stick around.
3: It's time for the Dog of the Week.
0: This week.
1: Did I just hear you bark?
0: Uh, you that, bark? Wasn't, that wasn't me. That's a oh. pre recorded thing there, Jared. <laughs> oh, sounded
1: sure. like you were barking in the microphone, huh? Jared, I,
0: I think this is probably not the first time you've been on the radio <laughs> show. It's not. Please, please it's follow not. along. With me. <laughs>
2: The air conditioner is working up here. Oh, yes. It is.
0: We've had issues with air conditioning lately, yeah. and who would ever think that in October you're going to have that kind of a problem? Yeah, no have. kidding.
1: It's been an unusually warm month so far.
0: Yeah, I think yesterday it was like 76 degrees in the evening, and still humidity was over 90%, and it just makes it feel yeah. blistering hot. All right, so you've sidetracked me sufficiently. <laughs> Let's talk about dog, a dog of the week. Of the week. Yeah, Let's do it. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, I always throw rocks, or quite often I'll throw rocks at our our uh, newfound technology called uh, the Internet.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That was a man it's a on fad. Facebook. It's, it's, a it's, fad. it's a fad. Yeah, it's going to go away. It's like bell bottoms. Yeah, It's this Internet thing.
1: <laughs> Just don't throw them at my truck. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're, the rocks, that is.
0: I thought we were talking about Facebook still.
1: You lost me one more time. Oh, Troy's slowing down a little bit today. (laughs) Just today.
0: Yeah, all right. So a Detroit area man who calls himself Champagne Torino has found himself going on... uh,
1: Champagne Torino.
0: Champagne Torino. He goes on uh, police um, Facebook pages, uh, most specifically Redford Township Police Department, and he was uh, making some comments about a... A, uh, um, a home invasion robbery, and people got a little bit upset. Even the uh, the person who runs the Facebook page uh, for uh, the township mm-hmm. uh, decided that it was probably time to, to shut him down. So I, I guess the guy's got some previous warrants. They must not be uh, of very violent type, or I'm sure they would have hunted him down by now, but... Uh, They decided that they would tell him because of his veiled threats that if he continued that they were going to shut him off. They were going to take him off their Facebook page. So what happens? This guy decides to step it up. He said, uh, uh, yeah, I'm really worried about that. Uh, If your next post gets 1,000 shares, I'll turn myself in along with a dozen donuts.
1: Wow. (laughs) He he went further. He said,
0: yeah, he he said that... uh, he would also pick up all of the litter around their school playgrounds on his way by. So uh, what you think happened?
1: i bet he's out there with a bag right now.
0: I don't know if he is or not, but I will tell you that their post got 1,000 shares, and the next thing you know, they can't find the guy. He's, he didn't show up. He didn't turn himself not in. Not a I man of his I word, mean, huh? I thought, I thought everything on the Internet was true, and now this guy goes and ruins it for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, anyway. I hope he
1: changes his name. That's not going to be very. It's hard It's just to find. bizarre to see. It's not two of those guys walking around. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I think not exactly John Smith.
2: His, his exactly. first
0: name actually is Michael because they called him out on the ah. uh, on the, the police Facebook page to uh, call him by his first name. But isn't it bizarre? Uh, this that is. is 2017. We got <laughs> we got the police on Facebook. Talking openly with with, uh, citizens, which I think is great, but also the criminals. Mm -hmm. And now you've got criminals that are, you know, toying with them on Facebook. Uh, It's just bizarre to me. I ain't technology grand.
2: Those millennials and their intranets.
0: We're going to make it all about millennials. Uh. Those crazy millennials. Get off my yard. Get off my lawn. There you go. Anyway. Uh. All right, guys. We got a uh, situation we wanted to talk about this week, uh, kind of about retirement issues when uh, one spouse is continuing to work. So, uh, Jared, I guess you've uh, studied this day and night for the last forty days, <laughs> kind of like the rain that floated say, the ark.
1: I wish I had. You it Noah. I wish yeah. I had. I had, yeah. I had a had a short conversation with KC prior to. The show about it. Wow. Uh, but no, this was so this is actually is something you, pretty common. Uh, there's not you know who needs to read up on it when. Yeah. You happens get this all much the time. Stuff. Don't be giving away all our secrets, but, Jared. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Well, but now Casey's got a page full of notes here, so we, we let him kick it off. Wow. Now, now you've done it. Wow. <laughs> here we go, okay, folks. Jerry, get ready that, for an earful.
2: That
0: is here the words of the most prepared man on earth. <laughs> it is. Oh, why don't it my is. buddy here take care <laughs> of my life? That's why I got
1: him on the show. You know. Yeah. Well, somebody's let's sit gotta, next to him. Somebody's going to carry yeah, him let me, up let see your paper. Killing me. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, well, anyway.
2: Um, so we have got Jack and Phyllis situation here. Jack is 53, Phyllis is 45. So a little bit of an age difference there. Um, Jack is looking to retire at about 62. Phyllis um, is expecting to work until 65 and they have a little bit of a conflicting view about what retirement holds for them. So um, you know, Jack is estimating his Social Security to be around 2900 a month. Um, and he obviously would not be eligible for Medicare until 65. So there's kind of the first issue if he's going to retire at 62. Um, Phyllis, however, is going to continue to work. Um, you know, obviously it says until she's 65. Um, uh, maybe he can get covered for health care under, under her uh, insurance, if, if that's an option, that wherever she's working, it looks like they have W-2 income, so um, she's not self-employed. Um, but possibly health insurance can, could be covered under her if she's going to continue to work. So that's a benefit for one spouse continuing to work, the health care portion of it. Um, from a Social Security standpoint, Phyllis is concerned about taxes. She asks if his Social Security benefit would be taxable if he is working. Um, which it would be if he were to continue to work. Well, taxability and, and the uh, penalty for income are two different things here. Mm-hmm. So you've got the penalty for income. If you have income above, what's it, $16,920 for 2017, that will probably change by the time we get to uh, mm-hmm. his 62 age yeah. 62. But assuming it doesn't, any every – dollar above the 16000 or every $2 above the 16920 that he has in, in income would be would reduce his benefit by $1 uh, in terms of Social Security. So that's that's part of something to take into consideration. It says that he's going to retire, though, so that may not be a problem. Phyllis's income won't impact his Social Security benefit. Taxation, though, is another story, uh, you know, that their joint income would be considered for taxation, the way that they determine the, the taxability of Social Security benefits is to uh, was based on what they call provisional income. So you take your AGI, you subtract out the Social Security portion of your AGI, adjust, adjusted gross income, add back any tax-exempt interest from municipal bonds, presumably, and then add 50% of your Social Security benefit back to that. So for... Purpose of of figuring this out, you know, his social security benefits are going to be about thirty four, almost thirty five thousand a year. So you add back half of that, um, you know, and then there's a there's a scale just like everything else where the benefits are taxable. So to, is the short answer, Phyllis, is you're probably going to have to pay tax on the social security. At least fifty percent, more than likely, you'd have to be under thirty two thousand in provisional income uh, to to not have the benefit be taxable at all. If you're between 32 and 44, up to 50 percent would be taxable, and if you're over 44, then 85 percent would be taxable.
1: So I could avoid taxation on my Social Security benefit potentially. Potentially. But that could still limit me. Even if I make it taxable, it's because I'm earning other income, which ultimately makes the Social Security benefit taxable at different rates or brackets like what you're describing. Right? Exactly. Exactly.
2: So, the, it's going to be very difficult to avoid it altogether, just because, especially once she starts taking it. Now, she's a little bit younger than him, so there may be some time there when he could potentially get it tax free. Um, you know, the, the other issue here is that they've got retirement accounts. Um, you know, he has about $3 million combined between his IRA and his 401k. She has about $1.5 million between her IRA and 401k. So, you're talking about, you know, $4.5 million in retirement. Money, which once they turn 70 and a half, you know, once he turns forced. 70 and a half, he's going to start being forced to take money out. I, I did a little calculation just for, for giggles here. The um, uh, so
0: is this, you want me to giggle now or yeah. do you want me to hold
2: it? <laughs> Why don't you hold all giggles <laughs> to the end? Oh, you would. Thank you. The uh, so his three million dollars today at age 62, if he grows that at five percent, would be worth 4.6 million if he grows it at 5% to age 70 it'll be worth about 6.9 million. So his, his RMD potentially would be about 250 grand when he turns 70 and a half. So that's something that they may want to consider. There is an opportunity there that could exist, you know, between his age 62 if he quits working, depending on what Phyllis does, they may be in a lower income bracket. They've got a very high income right now. They're in the 33% bracket making a combined 320,000. Those years between 62 and 70, they may have an opportunity to convert some of their their uh, IRA or 401K money into Roth, yep. um, which would reduce the amount that they're forced to take out at age 70, which could potentially lower the, the taxability of Social Security, although I think that they're in a uh, high enough area. It's going to be pretty difficult to get them uh, yeah. to, to avoid tax on Social Security altogether. Um, they might be able to get a, a lower Taxation there, but and
1: minimizing that tax is important. But when you got a, a, a six-figure required minimum distribution, yeah. you might you might forego the tax on the Social Security benefit, you know, uh, willingly. Sure. I would say. You know, yeah.
2: and and you could also just defer till seventy. I mean, you draw from your IRA if you if you need to. Now, the question becomes it becomes a difficult thing to measure because you have to figure out what bracket are you going to be in now versus what bracket are you going to be in at retirement and at age seventy. So. There's a lot of moving parts there. You probably want to consult a financial advisor, get some plans run to see what's the best tax strategy that you should pursue there.
1: Now you're talking my language. There you go. Call Jerry. Uh, see, I, that's, why I had, that's why I deferred. I couldn't have said any of that better myself. Wow. That's what I had in mind, yeah. actually. But I, <laughs> of course, well, of course. You articulate better. Well, no, yeah, so, you, know, you know, I do what I can. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, answer some questions for you. Uh, any financial questions you might have? Uh, Coming right up, we're uh, listening to Money Talks. Had my eye on you a long time, Doctor. I consider you one of my most valuable long-term investments. And when it comes to my investments, I always do my homework. Ah!
2: For the intro, I feel like uh, the Jared train? might have rode in on the crazy train this morning. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it did. It's
0: the red it's shirt. shirt. Right. I think a bull might have been following him. I'm That's not right. sure. That's right. Glad like to keep it so, bright, you know. Oh, you are always keeping it bright. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jared. Colorful. Thanks, colorful. Jared, for your input.
1: Can you see what color this? Do you know what color this is? Hey, don't oh, make fun of sorry. my disability. Sorry. Oh Forgot wow. It was on there. Wow. <laughs> 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 it's just it's not these colors though. So yeah. You're good. These it's colors these colors don't run, Jared. How
0: about
1: that? My Tiger Wood outfit, Troy. Don't make fun it, of me. It really again.
0: is. Uh, if it weren't for the short pants, uh, you'd be right in there with t- I don't think Tiger wears shorts. Yeah, at least not up. on the golf course. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's like every other professional.
1: Can you do that in PGA? No.
0: Can you do that on tour? Uh, no. That's All long. right. So uh, we have quite a few questions. Before we get to those questions, uh, let's give you a way that you can contact us. You can email us questions at com. That's spelled H E N S S. L-E-R, and uh, if you <laughs> – are you kidding me? You're going to tell me that I misspelled. It's H-E-N-S-S, L-E-R.
1: You did it perfect. I love Come it. Come on, Jared. You are on it today. I love it. Come on, Jared.
0: Uh, and if you can spell that, you can actually find us in major uh, social media That's right. uh, outlets, uh, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. I don't – you can – Figure it out for yourself. Twitter. And we have an awesome a website. Face. There's yeah. lots of information on our website. Uh, Jarrett probably provided some of it, and then he probably punted most of the rest of it to mm-hmm. his fr- friend, as I did. he did maybe earlier what in the I do. show. Not that we're yeah. calling him out for anything. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I you, can, a uh, in my throat. you can contact us that way. You can also give us a call, 770-429-9166. You'll talk to a real person and uh, ask them your question. It will be read and uh, answered on the air, or you can call us at our question hotline, 1-855-429-9166, and uh, that will uh, have a recording, you, you record your question, we read it back, or we play, play it back, on there, yeah,
1: and that's right.
0: uh, answer the question. So uh, we do have one this week, um, our good friend Bill Murray has... Uh, Asked us, most investors have accumulated a hefty treasure of unrealized gains uh, so far this year. Are they waiting until 2018 to realize gains, hoping for better tax treatment? Do you expect a January surprise? Really, my short answer is it's really difficult to manage for taxes. The way that most people do it is just kick it down the road. If uh, you don't have to pay it this year, a lot of folks like to... uh, uh, do exactly as as you're saying, Bill. Maybe whether they're waiting on uh, regulatory changes or not. Um, but you know, this is a little bit different. There's yeah. uh, there's a lot of uh, talk about potential for changes. To be honest with you, uh, we talked about it earlier in the show. Um, there's been lots of promise, and uh, a lot has changed, as you said, Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things is though, the the big ones seem to keep. Fallen flat, right. so uh, it's hard to say if we will get any sort of regulatory change. But um,
1: well, that's what I would say to Bill. I mean, I, look, it's to me, it's completely speculative. Yes, there is that possibility, as there has always been, and maybe not as likely as it is now. But at the end of the day, I think unless you have taken a lot of gains already in the year, then maybe you do wait because you, you don't want to, you know, really extend. Uh at the, look, when we, when we sell for gains, we tell people we, we set aside the proceeds, right? We don't want those tax decisions to drive the investment decisions. Right. And so at the end of the day, whether it's this year or next year, yeah, you might incur more tax this year. And if that's going to put you into a higher bracket, particularly the highest bracket, which would then affect the long-term capital gains rate that you pay, then maybe you do hold off until next year. But I think being that you're going to pay the tax either way, and, and sure, there's a possibility of it being lower, you know, We tend to plan for what we know, not for what we don't, uh, and certainly hope for the best. And and so, what a lot of times we'll do is maybe we take half the gains now and half the gains next year after we've given it some time to see how that kind of shakes out. But look, I I wouldn't I wouldn't try to speculate on what is going to happen with the tax code because that's exactly what it is 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 speculation. And you know, if if these are long term gains you're talking about, Bill, then those are not ones that are highly taxed right now. I would say relatively so, especially. Uh, you're not in the top bracket. Yeah, exactly. And if for some reason you happen to be in one of the lower ones, for those of you that don't know, if you do happen to find yourself in the 10 or 15 percent bracket, you may not even pay any capital gains on, uh, you know, ones that are long term because that's a zero percent rate if you're in one of those brackets. And so it really is circumstantial too, depending on, like I said, what what have you incurred year to date? If you have no capital gains taken year to date, then maybe it does make sense to go ahead and take some at the 15% rate if you get lucky and that goes down some, well then great, but at least you want to keep your portfolio in line, which is one of our main concerns when clients do want to kick the can down the road, as you said, Troy, is that those, you know, let's say the the companies continue to grow and these gains do then start to get exasperated and now you find yourself with huge gains in a year that, you know, let's say these positions that you have gains in next year need to be sold because something happens and that you'd be Better off not owning it than trying to minimize the tax. I, I would just go ahead and, and at least take part of it uh, at the at the rates where they are right now because I think they're still reasonable, and then hope for the best and, and take the rest next year if that does happen.
2: Have we seen any any January surprises in the last I mean few years? Obviously, there's it's not a, a, a huge talk of tax reform every year, so that's maybe some of the question is generated from what's the expectation for the market you know is the market going to go down because everybody's going to try to wait until january to take their gains uh and i think that might be kind of what he's getting at here is is what's what's the market's reaction going to be um if investors decide that it's a good time to pull money off the table either for tax reasons or some some other reason i guess yeah. you know troy you can probably speak better to whether the January effect is a real phenomenon or if it's just kind of coincidental
0: yeah some people say that it's uh it's an based in a, well some folks say that it's based on the fact that uh there's window dressing at the end of the year for uh, for mutual funds and that sort of thing. Mutual funds become less and less of a of an issue as we go along and uh to that point um you know if we're if we're talking about um, Making investment decisions based on taxation, again, you know, we'd rather not let the tax tail wag the investment dog. In fact, I've, I've uh, over the last few months, talked so much about uh, uh, valuation in the market and how uh, the market's selling at a premium. Your stock portfolio is very likely uh, out of balance when you've got technology that's uh, appreciated over 25 percent, while the overall market's up, uh, you know, 14, 15 percent. So, uh I would still encourage people to go ahead and rebalance, do what they can to get their portfolio back in line. Uh, what it's gonna do is make you sell some of the winners, probably buy some losers just to, uh, rebalance your portfolio. I think that's probably a safer bet because you're, you're then also, uh, very likely to be, uh, Averaging down the, uh, the, the premium on your portfolio, I think it makes a lot of sense. The other thing before we leave this, now, we're only talking about if you're dealing with taxes, it's only the brokerage accounts, your, your taxable accounts that you're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't invest in a, 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 a active strategy where you're buying something that's not exactly the market, so you're not using exchange-traded funds or, or low-cost mutual funds that mimic specifically the market, um, what do you think is going to happen this year? If if your ETF is up sixteen percent, how many how right. many how many how much rebalancing might your portfolio need? Maybe minimal,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: uh, I will tell you that when I look at the S and P five hundred, and I did this a few weeks ago, I looked at it again this week. Um, the S and P five hundred made up of approximately five hundred stocks. There's five hundred five at the moment. It's just um, some of its dual share classes and that sort of thing that are still represented, but. Uh, 127 companies trading on the S&P 500 are still negative year to date. So if you have a portfolio that's made up of stocks within that uh within that yeah. index, uh it's very likely that not everything that you own even though it might be up 14 or 15%, everything you own may not be positive. And I know that is the case with quite a few of the model stocks that we recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being the case, it gives you that opportunity to actually increase your your after-tax returns by selling those, uh, those stocks that are at a loss yep. to realize that loss, sit out for 31 days, buy it back at the end of that 31 days, and uh, you've managed your tax bill lower. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in that case, when would you want to take the, the loss? Well, you, I guess, would want to take the loss when you have, the bigger
1: yeah. tax bracket, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And and in doing so, you can offset some of the gains, you know, if you manage it precisely. So, uh, like I say, you know, something you can't do if you're if you're following the passive strategy, uh, where you just buy an exchange traded fund. Mm-hmm. Um, based on the on an index, generally the S and P 500, and you call it a day. So mm,
2: that's just a, another advantage of the individual stocks over those types of passive index funds. Um, especially, obviously, for a taxable account in an IRA, you don't get that same advantage, but just the, it gives you a lot more flexibility to be able to control the tax situation, harvest your losses, decide when to take gains, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So. Obviously, now is a good time to start looking at what your tax situation is. What kind of, you know, are you real close to being kicked into another bracket that may, you know, take some deductions off the table and that type of thing? Obviously, tax planning this time of year is very important, and you should get with your CPA and try to to iron some of those issues out before we get to the end of the year.
0: Yeah, no doubt, uh, it's a good time to start thinking about that. Guys, let's take a real quick break and uh we'll come back in just a few minutes and answer some more questions. You're listening to Money Talks.
1: I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket.
0: We're back you listening to Money Talks. Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Casey Smith. Guys, we've had a lot of fun. Let's uh, press on with uh, what we've been dealing with, some questions from listeners. Uh, we actually have one this week that is on our question hotline, so uh, let's hear from Felix and his question about Walmart.
2: Hi, this is Felix from Marietta. I believe we'll see a strong shopping season during the holidays. While I'm not a market timer, I do believe in good stocks at opportune times. I'm looking at Walmart and Target, both companies that I could see holding for a long time. Any other stores I should consider?
0: All right. There you go, Felix. uh, Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't really like to uh, make make an investment decision on something so short-term as, you know, the holiday shopping season. But uh, I, I do like what's been going on at Walmart lately. Uh, they've really changed their focus uh, about a year ago. I guess they started talking about uh, having bringing back the uh, department managers uh, so that they could have a little bit of control on what goes on within the the uh, individual departments within uh, Walmart. They also made a huge push uh, toward e-commerce, and that's actually been working out. Their e-commerce sales uh, have uh, been up about sixty percent uh, in in uh, Recent quarters, uh, mainly due to the fact that they bought Jet.com mm-hmm. and uh, they add thousands of uh, of uh, items to uh, to their um, online e-commerce uh, website on a on a just about a daily basis. So it's it's growing. They're doing this to compete with mm, Amazon, Amazon yeah. and, and other uh, e commerce, uh, retailers. And if you look at what's been going on with a lot of the box stores, uh, a lot of them have been losing, um, losing when it comes to same store sales over uh, recent quarters. Walmart's one of the few, I think there was their, uh, same store sales were up 1.7% recently. Um, as, as many of the others seem to be just suffering from, uh, uh either not having a presence or, or coming in too late with uh, e-commerce initiatives. So uh, a lot of good things happening with, uh, with Walmart. If you look at Target, uh, they're also trying to move in that direction, but they, they are among those that, uh, that got quite a late start. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can actually make a, make a comeback um, against uh, Amazon and now Walmart as well. Uh, in, in that space, but, um, you know, yeah, I like for the, the...
2: Brick and mortar. I mean, Walmart seems to be best positioned if, if anybody's going to be able to compete with Amazon. Right. It seems like Walmart is, is trying to go toe-to-toe, so... Yeah, that'd yeah.
1: definitely be the, the better long-term play, right? I mean, relative to Target anyways, and he asks, are there any other stores he should consider... I, I don't know. I mean, in that space, when you're talking about those two, is there other ones that you guys looked at? I mean, I know Walmart is one of our model holdings. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how does that compare to other peers? What are the other peers?
0: Well, that's the thing is there's there's very few at this point. You get some specialty bigger, bigger stores, but... Uh uh, you know, in a lot of ways, Walmart can even cover those. Some of the stores that I do like, and it's one that we recommend to clients, is raw stores, and it's it's a different model. Uh, they're not buying directly from the manufacturer uh, until it's kind of a, you know, they they go in and, and buy a, a wholesale items that that uh, were. Overstocked or, or those those kinds of things. So you wind up mm. you never know what you're going to find when you go in a Ross store. Right. But reality is the discounts are deep and the brand it's it's brand name products. So uh, they have uh, they've kind of got a, a spot that seems uh, very well uh, defensible. I guess. Yeah, and you got to uh, expect that if we retailer. get
2: into a bad economy, that that kind of model would hold up yeah, better than, than right. some of these, you know. Uh, more more lavish retailers Um, so it's a kind of a defensive play for a retail you know consumer discretionary type uh, holding
0: right yeah so uh, again i mean we like we like walmart uh, not as much uh, target and uh, we believe that uh, walmart's well positioned to to grow given the changes in the environment that we've had lately all right guys we got a few more questions here here's one uh Donovan from Alpharetta says, "I saw that Coach rebranded itself to Tapestry after the acquisition of Kate Spade and Stuart Weitzman. Stock fell on the announcement of the rebranding. Uh, while I think the rebranding dip is temporary, I'm sure I'm unsure of Coach's new acquisitions. I don't think they really diversify the brand. Uh, There's still semi-luxury brands that uh, hit the same demographic as Coach. Uh, what is your outlook for the company?" Actually, we owned Coach. We recommended Coach not long ago, but we did move away, and I'll be the first to tell you we have not had the best of successes in owning things in the fashion industry. Uh, outside and it's not so really so surprising.
2: Fashion. I mean, we're so fashion forward.
0: Well, here's the thing, and not only well, yeah. uh, you and Jared at least clearly well, uh, it's
1: like raw stores. You just said it. Yeah. You know, go in there. there you go. Rack up.
0: Yeah, R- you know rack, rack up. How about up. That?
1: See what you did. There? That's a yeah, that's a, uh, a very well. We'll go there. Yeah,
0: that was artful. We'll just leave it. there. <laughs> Uh, anyway but we have luxury owned, brand,
1: do luxury brands in general really do i 've not seen any luxury brand brands like Coach really do that well across the board i mean they 've
0: had you know spotty sporadic uh, positive performance but uh, they just seem the, the the tastes of those consumers seem so fickle and and hard to uh, hard to pin down as as to which one's going to be the best mm-hmm. six months from now it 's not so much you can 't look backwards for sure and assume that uh, the recent winter is going to continue. It's um, just you know. so
1: discretionary, uh, you know. What I mean, it it's is. like the first Absolutely. place to cut expenses yeah. when things get a little tough. Well, well, I will you say, say, we've try. had
0: Vanity Fair quite a long time. You know, VFC, VF Corporation, yeah. um, VFC is the ticker, and and it's done well, but it's not at all, you know, the the high end of fashion. We're talking about uh, Lee jeans and Wrangler jeans, um, uh, some of the other names. They sell to the majority, Sport. right? I mean, yeah, exactly. They're selling to every man, not, yeah, not the, not the not one not percenters. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure that Coach is a one percenter, <laughs> but uh, you know, at the same time, I I tend to uh, want to avoid uh, the space where I've been beaten up so badly in the past, and uh, and this is one of them. So. Uh, we look at it; it's it's uh, something interesting to watch. But uh, as far as coach, and they're rebranding the tapestry. I don't necessarily understand that, but I'll be the first to tell you, I'm I'm not the marketing guy. Um, you know, it, tapestry is going to mm-hmm. be better than coach. I, coach well, coach seems like I'm a
1: strong saying. brand. I, I'm not sure. I've not been able to really find anything that made a whole lot of sense to me. Just the short time we've been able to read about it since this news came out. But um, I, you know coach itself seems why, why did we get rid of it in the first place I mean I know it had not done well clearly that was that a factor was, yeah. but but ultimately the uh, I guess prospects for the future were, were they also bleak is that
0: yeah I mean it, once once uh, consumer tastes seem to turn away from you 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 might have a brand for quite a long time but growth is you know becomes questionable and that's mm-hmm. exactly you know what happened here so um, mm-hmm. you know when it comes to The coach, yeah, you know, it wasn't – there was a time when every woman had to have a coach purse, right? Right. And then Michael Coors came along and knocked them off that pedestal. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell you who's doing it right now, but uh, the reality is it's just a really fickle space, one you've got to stay right on top of. It's not like technology where they're really solving an issue for you, except for the fact that they got a cool-looking bag that you can hang on your (laughs) shoulder. And I commend yeah. commend you on that, Jarrett. That's I awesome. I got a, a nice you one, one. You know? Yeah.
1: I right. mess around the way I spend my money.
0: <laughs> of course. Yeah. I know. My I five mean, kids are going to know
1: better wherever they go. grow up.
0: The two hot dogs for 50 <laughs> cents is a great deal. <laughs> that's and right. That's why going to go go one, be. Right?
1: Mercedes-Benz Stadium is the only stadium we're going to. they got the most Ever. reasonable. Yeah.
0: Hey, you know what? That is you know absolutely. I, I love that you brought this up. Yeah. Let's hear
1: it. Arthur Blink. <laughs> That was a great idea, if you ask me. It might have cut his margins. It might have hurt things a little bit. But I think the quantity is kind of like what we're talking about here with Coach and Ross stores. You know, Ross probably does better because they're selling to every man. And while the margins might be smaller because they're selling so much more of it, it makes more sense. I think it's the exact same thing with the new stadium here in Atlanta. Uh, that you know, selling the hot dogs for the reasonable price of what are they down there? I haven't gotten one. Uh, I think but it's two it's, bucks for a hot dogs. Yeah, what you might expect water. at a park. You know, I mean, it's not the. Six dollars that you find at some stadiums or something like that. I, I think it was actually a great decision personally.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, having Atlanta United probably helped a lot. Mark that's it up right.
1: or down, KC? I'm going to say up. I'm going with flat. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. I think that's Here sound. we go.
0: All right. Money talks. We'll see you next week.